0: Welcome to yet another instalment of the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast. Sean, away today, but don't worry, you're in safe hands because Dave's back for us. I'm back from Romania and Steve will battle literally anything to make sure that he's here with us. Let's get into what was a... It was a week of NFL football. <laughs> Let's call it that. It was a week. It's <laughs> fine, guys. It's fine. Honest.
1: Football. Happen. Hello, everyone. Cecil Martin here.
0: Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of
1: the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judy, wide right receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL podcast.
0: Yeah, my first apology has been to uh, Steve because unfortunately I cut him up halfway through his little tidbit. There, it was because I was trying to find <laughs> aid to the theme music. I've done the Gordon a few times and I still
1: couldn't find it. Steve, please finish your point. I, I mean, I was essentially just going to say that football happened this week. That's probably what, it, what we can say about it. It happened. Week <laughs> methan. Yeah, very yeah.
0: much. So I'm going to call this week just lockdown. Because in one way or another, it was like a lockdown. It was either as terrible as being in lockdown or teams really locked down their opponents. It was one or the other, um, realistically. Um, Let's get straight into it, chaps, because there was a couple of good games. Well, a couple of statement games, shall we say, and not going exactly the way that... uh, that that you'd expected let's fire straight into what was probably the uh for for me it was the shock of the week i don't know about you guys uh as much as i love what cincinnati have done this season uh cincinnati bengals went to baltimore and they beat them 41 17
1: um it's it's something that which has probably been coming would you say steve I don't know, like I, this this Bengals team continue to surprise, I think. Like, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I I I rate Joe Burrow, I rate Jamar Chase, like they've got some good pieces around the team. And and they are a a team that are building, but I still thought they were a few years away. Like I thought this season would be a sort of, you know, like a ten and seven or an eleven and six and you know uh, sorry, uh, sorry, seven and ten or six and eleven. Um and it would be sort of a, a building block season just because, you know, they've just got their quarterback. He's come back off that horrible ACL tear. But they are proving everyone wrong. And I think the thing that I'm most surprised about is not perhaps, uh, Burrow or or the team, more maybe Zach Taylor. I think Zach Taylor was one of the coaches that I think in the last off season, you were thinking, right, he's got to come out of the blocks and perform or he's gone. He has to be gone. He's, he's been given a very long leash in Cincinnati and boy, has he, you know, that, that team is playing very, very well at the moment. And to beat a divisional rival in Baltimore, who were looking really, really good up until this game. Um, you know, I think it was the shock of the week, and um, you know the Bengals moved to five and two. I don't think anyone was predicting them to be five and two nope. at this point, and I think they are—they are alone atop the AFC. Are they not? I believe. They, um, uh, well, when on, you say alone divisional... atop,
0: they are—they are number one. They're not alone atop because obviously five and two, but they are.
1: Based on the divisional uh, record, I think they yes, are currently they, they the number are. one seed. So yeah, well so, they're yeah.
0: definitely top of the AFC North, of which, which is, I still wouldn't. Have which said. is
1: wild. Like <laughs> who would have thought that? And and I think this was for Baltimore. It was a bit of a sort of come down game. Like Lamar Jackson was fifteen of thirty one, so under fifty percent, not great. It was sacked five times as well, which is not something you usually expect from Lamar Jackson. So that that uh, Bengals defensive line really got at him. Um, and another incredible game for uh, for Jamar Chase. 200 yards receiving. Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, so just to give a quick stat line before I pass it over to Dave, so Joe Burrow going 23 of 38, which doesn't seem all that impressive when you think about it, 23 of 38, but for 416 yards, three touchdowns in an INT, uh, Jamar Chase with 201 yards receiving off eight catches. 201 off eight. Come on, babe. Uh, come on, Baltimore defense. Where the hell were you? One touchdown off 10 targets. Uh, That's pretty much all she wrote. Lamar Jackson, like you say, 257 yards in the air, 88 on the ground. No one else really did anything else. When Tyler Huntley came in five from 11 for 39, the Bengals defense showed how to play the Baltimore offense. Realistically stop Lamar moving laterally, make him throw under pressure and see if he can keep striking. Lucky in this case, it wasn't to be Um, Dave. What did you make of the game?
2: But, well, uh, I mean, in addition to the uh, points that Steve has made there, I think a real key piece has been Trey Hendrickson coming in from the Saints in free agency because he's been phenomenal for them all season and he was at it again on Sunday. Um, I do think that Cincinnati are legit this season. And again, like Steve, I was expecting a 6-7 win season, but signs of improvement. And if there weren't signs of improvement, Zach Taylor, was he was out of there. Um, and Cincinnati are going to go into November top the AFC because they got the Jets next so yeah, they've got the Jets next they've got Joe Flacco next so yeah they're going to be the number one seed going into November I don't think anyone would have predicted this with Baltimore I wouldn't panic if I was Baltimore I'd say that the Chargers win was the very very best of them this was the very very worst of them and they're probably somewhere in the middle um, it's a divisional race now between them and Cincinnati but I think that if Baltimore ends up as the wild card, there Cleveland I know are there. But yeah, yeah. Uh, come on, Dave. Uh, <laughs> play to your audience. And I think Baltimore, if they don't win their division, they will be a wild card, and they'll still be a danger in the playoffs. I, I could see both these teams in the post. I could see Cleveland there as well. But it's Cincinnati, just a complete plot twist this season. And as, as I said the last time I was on, I'm an agent of chaos. And this is exactly, exactly really the
1: sort of chaos I'm after. What, what must be said quickly is that Cincinnati's schedule after the Jets next week does get difficult. Um, mm. They've got some really tough matchups coming up. They've still got to play the Browns twice, uh, the Chargers, Raiders, Steelers, uh, Niners, Broncos, Ravens, Chiefs, and then finish with the Browns. So their, their schedule actually does get quite tough from here. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see where they do finish up. But if they can be six and two, you know, before they, they then have to play the Browns, that's going to they be. They just a good need game. to scratch
2: out four more wins to be in yeah. uh, you know, almost guaranteed a wildcard spot. And yeah. for them to not win four of their remaining maths, if they go four and five, they'll be in the playoffs. Yeah. I think
0: that might end up being just a tad too low. 17 game season, does nine do it?
2: No, I mean if they, be, uh, assuming they beat the Jets, oh, uh, assuming uh, yeah. they beat the Jets, yeah, so, so, ten, ten even ten, then, ten. I, I, 10 I might think be the new
0: them, nine and yeah, ten might that be hurts. the new nine and seven, but I'm, I'm unsure because of the chaos this year. Yeah, there's, uh, there's so much chaos at ten. You could end up with so many teams in and around ten.
1: I think In the NFC, it'll be six wins. I I think with there being seven playoff spots now, I think it wouldn't surprise me if there's a nine and eight team that gets in on each side, Mm. maybe a couple more on the NFC, because I think the NFC is weaker after you take the Mm. top sort of four out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Uh,
0: So Dave's touched on the two questions of which I had a little bit. So, Steve, I'm going to ask these more to you um, after I've sort of prefaced them. I think that Baltimore fans should be a little concerned. I'm I'm the only one that has really spoke on this podcast about the fact that I think that the Ravens are a little bit overhyped. And I think this game proved it. And I think that their schedule after you take the next three, I think, into consideration gets difficult. So you take it. I mean, the the Vikings isn't exactly the, Best game that you want to go into, I think, because they can be frisky if they want to be. You then have the Finns and the Bears. Then you have Brown Steelers, Browns Packers, Bengals again. Then Rams and Steelers. It's not the easiest. I mean, I'm not talking about whether or not they get to the playoffs. I reckon that they they should win five to six games out of that. But I don't think they're going to make it easy for their fans at all.
1: The, the AFC North is fascinating this year because I think mm-hmm. most of us would have picked Cleveland to win the division this year. Mm-hmm. And then injuries happened and then they didn't stop happening in Cleveland. And now we're all sort of saying, well, Cleveland might get in but it all just depends on their injuries like if these players can't start coming back who knows what's going to happen in Cleveland like you know if if, if Baker can't play again next week or is, is out for a long period of time I know I said previously on a previous pod that I was surprised that he wasn't more injured than he is turns out he was more injured than he, yes. than he thought he was and actually he's fully torn his, his non-throwing arm labrum hasn't he um, yeah. and although it's not his throwing arm it's still affecting him and if he gets hit there that would hurt so I don't know When he comes back, if he's got to miss more games, they were, you know, they they played a a Broncos team that's now looking like it's all over the place. But if they come up against a half decent opponent with um, uh, uh, with Baker not under center, that with the injuries they've got, I think they they there's a big chance that they don't make the playoffs. So I think Baltimore, they are, I think they're fine to make the playoffs. I think they'll easily make it in, and possibly even second, depending on Cleveland. Um, but where do they go from there that's the thing they've beat they went on a win of a winning streak of five including the chiefs and the chargers but then they lose to the bengals it's like they were climbing the mountain also are back at start again so and,
0: and you know, then you look at some of the wins and you think it could have easily gone the other way lions colts
1: yeah yeah so tell you what that'd be fine
0: tell you what lads one word answer cincinnati playoff bound yes or no
2: yes
1: yes wanted.
0: Oh, both saying yes.
1: I think they I think they creep in. I think that offence is just is just too electric at the moment. Mm-hmm.
0: I am going to reserve a no just because <laughs> I think that you're gonna see others I, I don't pre ordering a no. <laughs> I'm pre ordering a no. I'm giving the Bengals all the props in the world because I think they're doing excellently. They're in the top ten of my power rankings, which I'll come on to. But I see others that should be doing better and we'll do better later on in the season as things start to deteriorate for teams that are doing well.
1: Just an interesting tidbit, just to finish on there, the AFC only has eight teams that are above uh, 500 or above. And four
0: Uh, of them are in the AFC North.
1: Exactly, exactly. The Steelers are three and three, and that's it. So, you know, a lot lot of football left to play. A lot of football left to play.
0: Yeah. Who runs the North? The North. Um, So... Uh, coming on to the other massive shock and big game of the week, lads, the Tennessee Titans. Who this is Now, this is the team that lost to the Jets, right? Like I realize that they didn't have a wide receiver core, but Cleveland got called out for not <laughs> beating the Jets when they didn't have a wide receiver. These are the team that lost to the Jets, and they've just beaten the Kansas City Chiefs 27-3, Dave. You're an agent of chaos. You, you know, I imagine you as a as a perfect person to throw a Halloween party. I imagine you being someone that just you know you're there with your hexes and all sorts on all sorts of teams. Explain this Kansas City uh, Chief meltdown
2: right now. It's befuddling. I think that's the best word. Um, the one thing that the Chiefs looked to do in the offseason was shore up the offensive line because that's what got blown to pieces. By the Bucks in the Super Bowl. So as always this case, uh, sort the offensive line, everything's rosy. We're gonna win the Super Bowl again. But the defense has just been so bad. And he thought, well, against the Titans, it would be a bit of a shootout. Yeah, we'll see, you know, a 60, 70 point game plus maybe. But the Titans, who just seemed to blow hot and cold constantly, it just shut them down. And Mahomes just had no help whatsoever. He was being forced into hurried throws. He was under duress all game. Travis Kelsey couldn't get anything going. I mean, Travis Kelsey doing that laterals uh, in the third quarter. I don't know what, that was a sign of utter desperation to me, but watching the game, it wasn't so much the shock of, whoa, the Titans are beating up on the chiefs here. I felt the same as I did. And I'm not saying that it's exactly comparable, but I felt the exact same way of when the Titans beat the Patriots in the playoffs. And it was Brady's last game as a Patriot mm. where he just went and went, well, The Titans are going to win this, surely. Surely they're going to win this, and then they just go and prove you right. And yeah, good for them. The frustrating thing with Tennessee is that they seem to play up to their opponents, but then will play down as well. They're very, very hot. Hence the loss to the Jets, but then beating the Bills and the Chiefs in back-to-back weeks—that's absolutely insane and good for them. And they did it without Derrick Henry really having that Derrick Henry sort of game either. I mean, he threw a touchdown pass, which is always hilarious. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, good for them. And the Chiefs are in a world of pain right now. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was on here. So I said, I'm not ready to panic about the Chiefs just yet. I'm, I'm hitting the red button. And just uh, as an agent of chaos, uh, patent pending or trademark pending, um, I do think that this is brilliant for the league because the AFC has just been blown wide open. It, it, you've got teams that you had pegged for your. Yeah, your division winners or anything, such as the Chiefs, they're just not there. And it's great. (laughs) Unless you're a Chiefs fan. Age of the chaos. Steve, what
0: were your thoughts?
1: It is time to start panicking about the Kansas City Chiefs. It has to be. They cannot put together back-to-back wins. Um, They didn't even score a touchdown. They were held to three points. Um, Their their, um, highest receiver in terms of yards was Byron Pringle. That is including Travis Kelsey in that. Um, they Their uh, running game was 77 yards, including 35 of which came from Patrick Mahomes. Like, It's such it's so out of character, especially for Andy Reid as well. The guy's been in the league forever and he's one of the best offensive minds in the league and he just got completely outcoached. And I, it, I absolutely agree with what you're saying, Dave. Like, this felt like one of those games where the, the Titans were at one point, I think there was, there were 17 nothing up and I was like, okay, that's fine. Like the, the chiefs will come back. The it's the chiefs. They always come back. Yeah. And then they just didn't, yeah. they didn't, nothing happened. And it was like, Oh, and I remember the, 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 um, the, the final score came in. I was watching the, um, another game the final score came in and I was like, Oh, the chiefs just didn't get going. They just, nothing happened. And, and, I think we very much could be heading for a year with the Chiefs out of the out of the playoffs. Like, you know, their, their schedule because they've got that first place schedule doesn't get any easier. They've, they've got the giants next, which you'd imagine they will win. But after that, they've got the Raiders who are, sorry, the Packers first, then the Raiders who are the second seed in the AFC right now, the Raiders. (laughs) Um, Then they've got the Cowboys, um, Broncos, Raiders again, Chargers again, Steelers, Bengals who are playing really well. And then they finish with the Broncos. They could win four, maybe five of those, if you're looking at them as like a, an average team, which they now seem to be. Like, And and the trade deadline's next week, and I'm sure we're going to talk about some potential trade options, but um, I don't know that there's just one player that can fix this. There isn't just like a plug-and-player cornerback mm-hmm. that just fixes their entire roster, because their defense is just so bad. They, are, I think they're 31st in uh, pressuring the QB percentage, which just shows you how little they're getting when it comes to pressuring the quarterback, and then their quarterback's having so much time to throw that their receiver's just getting open. This is just such a weird Chiefs team to watch.
2: As now it stands he- for me... Oh, sorry, Josh, go on. All right. just- <laughs> Give me some... I want to talk about <laughs> <the> Chiefs. Right. <laughs> um,
0: now, I look at this game, and I think that it's not a defensive problem. I know the defense is bad. Don't get me wrong. But let's go through the stats here. Tennessee outgained KC by 369-334. to 3-3-4. Passing yards 2.66 to 2.57 for Tennessee. Rushing yards one oh three to 77, which included 28 carries for Derek Emery. That, to me, does not scream massive defensive malfunction. That, to me, screams the offense cannot produce. I don't know who Patrick Mahomes is this year. I, I honestly have seen huge problems with Patrick Mahomes in every game so far this year. I've never known a quarterback so eager to throw when his body literally should just be hitting the turf. Like he'll be flying through the air, like some sort of Marvel character. And he'll be like, "Oh, how can I get this ball off to this random receiver 20 yards in front of me? I'm sure that nobody will get in the way of this ball. And you know, his interception this week was awful. It, I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm surprised it wasn't gaffe of the week. It was terrible. And he, he seems to have one of those a week. I think that the offensive line of which was so coveted at the start of the year, maybe because the Browns couldn't get the kind of traction off it, Hasn't been playing well, you know. Patrick Mahomes is being pressured a lot more, as we see also by the fact he had to be in, um, he had to go through concussion protocol again. It just seems to be a constant KC thing, and yeah, I, I, I think the defense did enough. I just don't think that the offense came to play.
2: Well, uh, then again, though, in the second half, the Titans didn't score. They weren't trying in the second half. They knew that they just had to. Shut the Chiefs down. I, I, the Chiefs knew the game was up anyway because they, when they were twenty-seven-three down, they kicked a field or tried a field goal. I know it's fourth down and forever, but what's another three points when you're twenty? Does that
0: say that the Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs just can't do anything at the moment? Well, uh, yeah, uh, th- th- that's a fair point. I do the, think the Kansas the City Chiefs used to used to look at you know they, they used to look at twenty-seven 0 and think,
2: okay, there's there's a way, there's a way, there's summer. Mahomes has always played like early period Josh Allen at the moment, yeah. just throwing the ball around with careless abandon and yeah. just trying to force things to happen that aren't going to happen. And it, just uh, just looking at that schedule, it, it feels like if the Chiefs come up against a good quarterback, they'll probably lose mm. because the defence just won't be able to stop and So to your point, Steve, they're going to be playing Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow and Derek Carr twice. Yeah. They, are, they need to win those games or at least... Go, you know, three and two, four and one,
1: and and not even mentioning Dak Prescott who's playing out of his oh, skin at the moment. Oh yeah, Dak and, Prescott, sorry, yeah, and Derek Carr who's also playing Ooh. really well at the moment. Like they have not got an easy ride coming into this, and I think you right. you you saw you're very right, Josh. That with, there's a lot of attention going on the defense and how bad the defense is, but the offense is just not clicking. And it just shows you how much value. The new teams put in, in the trenches. If you build yeah. from the trenches, you will win games in the NFL. It is that simple. You can't just have the best quarterback and the best receiver and hope to make it all work. And if you build from the trenches, it just shows you how how uh, you know good they are. And it just shows you in the Super Bowl as well. They lost the Super Bowl because they're both of their starting uh, I think it was their guards went down and, and Patrick Mahomes just got attacked left, right and centre by that Tampa Bay um, uh, defensive line. So yeah, it's it. I I think they'll still get to a positive record. They are three and four at the moment. They still haven't yet put back to back wins together, which is which is alarming as a as a Kansas City team that should be doing that. Uh, they'll beat the Giants next week. I'm fairly confident. But then, the Packers, the Raiders, the Cowboys that could be that could be three in a row. Yeah, who we thought we'd be saying that about Kansas City? <laughs>
2: Absolutely
1: not. Especially I, I've not got a,
2: uh, I've got a one word. Answer question, phrase that sentence correctly. Uh, for you guys, if the Chiefs had hung on against the Ravens and Lamar Jackson hadn't done the Mar Jackson things and they were four and three instead of three and four, are we as worried about the Chiefs?
0: Yes, because I'm worried about the Ravens at five and two. Fair point. Yeah. This is why you don't look at records. Yeah, I, I, I get it, I get it that you want to, but don't look at records yet. The Browns are three and three, and I feel fine, you know. You know, I, I I three and three or four and three? Four, four and three.
1: I mean I I, <laughs> I, I don't care
0: about records that much as long as long as you're not four like two three. and five, as long as you're not like two and five or one and six at the moment, there's me, still I feel
1: time. But I mean, yeah. The thing is, though, if they were four and three, they would be the seventh seed in the NFC rather, Mm. uh, sorry, the AFC rather than be the eleventh. So obviously, there's a lot of football to play, and beating the the Ravens would have been a statement win. The problem is, is I don't think they've really had any statement wins so far. Um, You know, they've won the games they should win. yeah, apart from the Browns, maybe week one, they've also yeah. then beaten the Eagles and the, the football team. That's it. They lost to the yeah. Ravens, they lost to the Chargers, they lost to the Bills, now they lost to the Titans. They've lost to four of their biggest AFC rivals, yeah. which also tells you that even if they do pull this out, even if they win every game, or, or, tiebreakers, every are, a game, thing. tiebreakers yeah. are a thing. And then, you know, and I, I wonder how the Chiefs would perform in an AFC championship that won't run through Arrowhead.
0: Yeah, right, gents. Quick fire question here. Tennessee, what what point do we see them exiting the season? So, not playoffs, wildcard, card, etc. One word answer, Steve. Um, divisional.
1: Fair, divisional. Dave. Divisional as well.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of saying the same. And KC, has the light gone out? Do they get into the playoffs at all? Yes or no?
1: Could depend on the trade deadline next week. <laughs> One
0: word answer.
1: Yes, they do. Yes,
0: Dave. Yes, I'm gonna say no. Just because Dave doesn't want to be the agent's chaos anymore, so I thought <laughs> I'd just sneak myself in. But say in hushed tones, if uh, if our uh, if our good friend Liam is listening, I apologise, but i got to see something against the AFC teams that aren't the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> got to see something. Right, moving swiftly on. Now, I think you'll agree, gents, that we don't want to get into pretty much any of the other games because the ones that were close were crap, really, in terms of quality. I'm really sorry, but they were. There was It was a snooze fest, and the others were blowouts.
2: Hey, the St. Seahawks game. uh, I I
0: couldn't get through the game In 40 this morning I had to switch it to just the game highlights I couldn't believe it So what we're going to do Because we want to be able to get the preview in At the second half of this pod as well Just going to give you A one line stat Of which good old NFL.com has given us About each of these games And I'm going to give you guys a question each About either one of the teams And I just want a one line answer from you All right. So, first of all, the New England Patriots beat the New York Jets 54 to 13. It's New England's eighth win in a row against the New York Jets. Steve, is New England a playoff contender this year?
1: They're a contender. Will they get into the playoffs? No, I think the AFC is too strong. I think there's too that you know we're tr- we're talking about whether or not the Chiefs will get in. I don't think the Patriots will get in. There's too many teams above them that are, I think are just going to pick them. They'll be close, but I think they'll just miss out.
0: Fair, Dave. Do the Jets win another game this year?
2: Do the Jets get into the playoffs? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um... oh, well, uh, I'll I'll be quick. They're not going to win another game without Zach Wilson. Joe Flacco yeah. won't win in many games. Two games they can win. Texans at the end of November, uh, in the toilet bowl, or uh toilet bowl two, the second flushing against the Jags on Boxing Day, they will win one of those games. Yes. Yes, did, they will.
0: Did you have yeah, the second flushing? Made? Did you have did you have the second flushing there ready?
2: Now, I'd like to say that, that came off the top of my head, but that was in my notes. And when I typed <laughs> that out, I thought.
1: Dave, you're an absolute genius. <laughs> that I will add though, they do still have to play the Dolphins twice. So. Yeah, that's true as
0: well. God, I feel sorry for the NFL schedule makers this year. It's just not great at all, is it? Right, Houston 5, Arizona 31. Arizona at 7-0 and for only the second time in their history. 1974 is the only other time that happened. Dave, does Arizona finish number one in the NFC based on what you've seen so far?
2: Based on what I've seen so far, yes. However, they're not going to go 16-1 and or 17-0. and um, I just cannot see that happening. So Arizona are relying on Tampa dropping a game to either New Orleans or Buffalo. So they've got three opportunities for Tampa to football behind them because I think really that's the number one seed battle is between Arizona and Tampa. Um, I think they absolutely can, but they've Arizona's still going to play Dallas, the Rams, and three other divisional games. I know the 49ers and Seattle are kind of irrelevant at the moment, but they'll play Seattle when Russell Wilson comes back, and that's a game changer. So, yes, but on the condition that New Orleans and Buffalo do something to temper.
0: Steve, you looked a bit more confident there, pal.
1: I think they'll finish top. I don't think they go unbeaten. Um, I would have had their first loss this week against the Packers. However, it looks like Devontae Adams is out. Yep. So um I think they I think they win that. And just from what we've seen so far, I don't know who beats them. I just don't. I think they're such a good, well run team. Um, but it's very, very, very difficult to go and beat and I think they'll finish yeah. sort of fourteen and three, fifteen and two. Don't uh, let it be the
2: Lions that beat them.
1: Don't let it be the Lions. Ah! Let it would be, be, <laughs> <It'll> be perfect.
0: <laughs> Steve speaking of KS, does Houston win another game this year
1: Oof. Um, they they've from that first couple of weeks where they where they started actually playing quite well and they they won the opening game against the Jaguars and they looked like they actually could could do at least something this season they've very quickly fallen off and they've come back at this team that that we all expected them to be yeah Um,
0: they all look like the team that we thought they were going to be at the start they they just hoodwinked us for a few weeks yeah
1: and to be honest their schedule's not kind they've got games against the dolphins the jets and the jaguars which are all winnable um i would say they probably win one of those um i think they finish with two wins um uh, and and they yeah look to get a, a, an absolute draft haul as well this week for Deshaun Watson because mm. talks are hotting up.
0: Yes, more on that in just a moment. Uh, rolling on to our next blowout, the Chicago Bears went into the Ray J to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, ended up the arse end of a thirty-eight free dr- rubbing ties the. First player in NFL history with 600 or more career passing touchdowns. Steve, is Justin Fields the guy for Chicago? Or is he just facing a really, is he facing a bum deal at the moment? Or is he showing that he's not the guy?
1: Yes, no. I think he's. I think he's definitely the guy for Chicago. I think he's already shown enough and enough poise that he is. I think we need to see him under a, a, a defense that isn't run by uh, defense, an offense that isn't run by Matt Nagy. I think yeah. Chicago needs a coaching change, and it has done for years and years. And there are enough offensive minds out there that would, I think would get them clicking. They've got a half-decent roster, especially that defence. That defence is actually pretty good. Um, they've got a half-decent roster. They could add a couple of pieces, and Justin Fields could could succeed. You know, And I think he definitely is the guy, but I think they need to move on from Matt Nagy. They just put him out of his misery. Just move on from him, man. Come on. Um, I
2: probably what I had written yeah, in my just notes is the Justin Fields to... is fine. John Fields is the guy, and Matt Nagy isn't. Yes. Yeah. Fair enough.
0: Uh, Dave, your question. Did Kennedy, the guy in the massive hat and Mike Evans jersey, gets shortchanged for that ball. Initially, yes.
2: But I put myself in his shoes and had a team official come up to me and said, Give us that ball. I went, okay, just take it. And I, w- I would have had the stones to actually. Uh, negotiate. I'm bad enough trying to get a new phone contract, let alone trying to <laughs> take stuff away from uh, other people. But now it turns out that uh, Tom Brady, has, he's got given a signed Brady jersey, Mike Evans' cleats from the game. Um,
1: let me, let me got, run you through what he's getting. So he's getting yeah. two Two signed jerseys and a helmet from Tom Brady, yeah. a signed Mike Evans jersey and his game cleats, A $1,000 credit at the Tampa Bay store, and two season tickets for this season, the remainder of this season, and next season. That's and as getting.
2: an addendum to that that's come in, uh, he, Tom Brady's also given him a Bitcoin.
1: How very <laughs> wow. 2021.
2: But I saw okay. him, he went on the NFL Network and um, Andrew Siciliano interviewed him, and he said he just wanted a round of golf with Tom Brady. Yes, and I saw after, that. After that, Tom Brady's gone. Nope, I don't want to see you. Just take all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> a,
0: it's not a thank you. That is it's a how go valuable away. Tom Brady's time is. Yeah, yeah, that's how valuable his time is. No, I agree. I actually think he got a pretty good deal for it in the end because if yeah. you think about it, if he keeps those in good condition, that is the six hundredth game ball in what you know that is the value of it right there yeah you're probably for the same like this is the 600 like like it adds to the pageantry of it all i think you know it might not be the ball but it's everything around what happened of which i think could be even better um, so moving on the New York Giants we've heard, I actually thought this was quite a shock win and I'm usually down on the Carolina Panthers 25-3 to three. it's another to three game there were quite a few of these this week uh, against Carolina Panthers um, Dave are both of these team seasons oh
2: yeah yeah um, I mean if if Deshaun Watson does come to Carolina for the sake of New Orleans I hope he doesn't um, you yeah, know Legal rancor aside, he's probably not going to play this season anyway. But both teams now their only hope is to play spoiler uh, in their divisions and in the NFC um, wild card race because the Giants were fun. At least Daniel Jones caught a tu- uh, not a touchdown. I wish he'd catch a touchdown; that'd be great. But he caught a pass. Yeah, did a David Tyree style catch. Um, I mean, Giants just trying to have fun with it because when they. Um, I think it was 3-0 at the time and they got stuffed on fourth and goal and the fans were booing. It just doesn't seem like a fun place to be. Let's just try and at least have some fun this season. Try and get to... I know no team can be 500 now, but get seven or eight wins and just try and make it enjoyable for the Giants and hope that you can turn it around next season. But they just seem in a perpetual state of trying to turn it around next season. So both seasons are... No, that's fair. I'd probably say
0: the yeah. same if I was quite honest. Mm. Uh, Steve, have Atlanta kick? Oh no, sorry, run game. <laughs> there's me, chip. there's me racing ahead. Um, who gets to Sean Watson, Miami or Carolina?
1: Um, I, I don't think we've heard the end of this. I think there's still. Trade Lions is the 2nd of November at the time of recording. We still don't know what's happening. I read a report earlier that there are several teams still interested in him, not just Miami. It is certainly not just Miami or bust. And apparently Watson is open to anyone. It very much is becoming a get me out of Houston play, I think. Um, and he is probably willing to just take wherever. Um, I think he probably ends up in Miami just purely because that's where the most noise has come from, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was also a Carolina or a, or a Denver maybe, or you know, there's other teams that could definitely take him. I think he does get traded. I think it does happen. There's too much noise for it not to. I think we've said before in the NFL, there's no smoke without fire, so I think he does get traded, um, and it sounds like he's also not going on the commissioner's exemption list. Some people are saying like, as soon as he gets straight, he's going to get put on the exemption list. It doesn't sound like he's going to. So I think he might actually play this season. And, uh, and if yeah, he does, if he goes to Miami and he plays and, and he picks up six wins for them, then, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. There's a strong possibility of that. Um, I tell you what, one word answer from both of you, who needs to Watson the most? One word answer from either of you, both of you.
1: Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. Yeah. I think if, if they had a competent, quarterback, they, uh, they had a competent the... quarterback, that's a that's a that's a 5 and 2 team right now, maybe even 6 and 1. I mean, if
2: we're talking uh, out of those two teams, then definitely Carolina, but actually Denver. Mm. Because their wide receiver unit is at the oh god, it's so frustrating. But
0: <laughs> no, I don't want to hear Denver... that, don't want to hear that. We did well enough and we've got Denver in a bit, right? Yeah. Moving on. Miami-Atlanta, Atlanta giving some heartbreak the other way this time round. Winning by a field goal in the dying embers against the Miami Dolphins, 30 points to 28. Probably one of the more exciting games of the week, actually, just because it came down to the death. Dave, what do Miami need to do to actually succeed? And don't say ah, to Sean Watson,
2: anything no, but no, no, to
0: okay. Sean Watson.
2: Tim is not the problem. Far as I'm concerned, Tua's
0: oh, I'm gonna shut you off now, yeah.
2: But I don't think that Tua is a complete bust or anything like that. Yes, I, at the London game I was at, that interception he threw was breathtakingly awful, uh, just absolutely horrific. Um, uh, and that was even with you know the craft beer swirling around inside of me, even then, I could just go, that was rubbish. But... I don't know if it's the coaching. Is it the offensive line? Do they not have enough on defense outside of the cornerbacks? Are they going to trade Savian Howard to try and build the rest of the roster? It just all seems a bit of a mess. Is Brian Flores going to see out of the season? I, I'm, I I really don't know what fixes this for Miami because it all just seems very underwhelming because they overachieved so much in the last couple of years. Well, not overachieved, but they played above expectations. And now, it's just so, so disappointing.
1: The, this was the game that they had to yeah, win after losing to the yeah. Jaguars. This was the game that they had to win. And now they've got the Bills this week, and they've got Texans, which is a game they should definitely win, and then the Ravens, and then the Jets, which they should definitely win. But the problem with this Miami team is that we're still thinking of Miami as this team from last year, and they're not the team mm. from last year. Their defence is nowhere near that um, they're one and six. That three more games and they are sub five hundred. That that's that's insane already. Um so I think you know it, it from what he said pre-season, Xavier Howard obviously doesn't want to be there. Get rid of him, get some draft capital for him, you know, pick up pick up some draft capital. I think you could definitely pick up a, a third, maybe even maybe even a second, maybe for him. He's that good. Um, you know, get rid of him, get him out of the building, start again. As for Brian Forres, he's the top of my coaching hot um, Uh, Hot seat, shall we say, at the moment. Uh,
0: Someone that's not on the hot seat so much anymore is the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. All of a sudden, they're five hundred gents. How how on earth did that happen? The Atlanta Falcons they they get a bit bit of a break. They beat teams around them. They are now at five hundred. Um, Carl Pitts with the second most reception yards by a rookie tight end since 1970, with 163 yards against Dolphins. So, if you want to know what their blind spot, what the Dolphins' blind spot was on Sunday, it was that. Um, Steve, have Atlanta kept their season alive, or are we kidding ourselves?
1: No, they absolutely have, and I, they're one of those teams where you looked at them and they're three and three. They're like, oh. Are they <laughs> like oh, they did that without me even realizing? Um, and like next week, they've got the Panthers and then they've got the Saints. And then, Dave, I'm sure you won't mind me saying like they're two winnable games for Atlanta at the moment. Um, yeah. and you know, if, if if things align and they come out of those two games with wins, not only are they two divisional wins, but that's now five and three. That, you, this, this is an Atlanta team that we were all predicting that would go four and 13 at the start of the year. So, you know, it's certainly Brighton's definitely not on the wall just yet, but um, I think, I think there's they're not done yet, and I think when you've got Matt Ryan, you can never quite count them out. I'm I'm a big Matt Ryan guy, and um and yeah, they're they're putting things together when no I, one thought they would. I'm
2: gonna just do, do a big awooga, awooga warning klaxon and say that their three wins have come against the Giants, the Jets, and Miami. Um, uh, you know, they got blown out by the Eagles oh, and put down to week one. The weirdness, but um. And also, uh, two of their games, the wins against the Giants in Miami have come on last or game-ending field goals. Um, But Kyle Pitts becoming the player that we all thought he would become is a total game-changer for them. And it's very exciting and concerning as an NFC South resident uh, to see because Matt Ryan is playing above expectations this year and they're definitely not done in the NFC wildcard race, but... Let's see him do it against a a reasonable team.
0: Oh, I do apologize because I uh I think I was off for a second. I'm having a few uh a few difficulties. Um let's uh let's try and speed this up a tad, chaps. One liners from this point on. So, Philadelphia. That's right, I did it at this point, just so we don't get the soapbox treatment. Uh, Philadelphia (laughs) with a... uh, (laughs) I I think you can call it stat padding towards the end, although they never seemed completely out of it against the Raiders until near the end. Um, 22-33, that finished in the Death Star. Uh, Dave, can the Raiders win the AFC West?
2: Yes, but... If they want to, they need to beat Dallas Bengals and the Browns to make it a reality.
0: Possible. Possible. Steve, what is Philadelphia's ceiling this year?
1: Don't worry, I don't want to talk about Philadelphia all that much anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> um, I, think, I think just because of the division they're in and the only divisional game they've played so far is away at Dallas, they've still got four very winnable divisional divisional games and their, their schedule from here is by by league standard, by strength of schedule, if you go by that mantra, uh, the easiest in the league in the running. So they do have an easier schedule. I think they will get close to 500, but uh, I've seen enough now that I'm not convinced with Jalen Hurts. There's still so many missing pieces, and I think it's time that some veterans were were moved on. I think we're in the the midst of a big rebuild in Philadelphia.
0: Cool. Um, One of the shocks, almost... Until the very end, this next one, the Detroit Lions. Oh, God, I so want them to win a game. The Detroit Lions (laughs) losing out to the Los Angeles Rams by 28 points to 19 in what I consider the heartbreak of the week. Like, they threw everything at the Rams. And, you know, we're talking onside kicks. We're talking fake punts galore i'm pretty sure that he would have snuck some sort of explosive into the building at half time (laughs) advantage campbell's been just a revelation in terms of making a dogged attempt of what is unfortunately just a bad team trying to make the most of it my question to you steve Will Detroit win a game this year like they sorely, sorely deserve?
1: Well, guess who they play next week? Ooh. Good old Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are that team that that every, t- every week it's like they should win. And how are they the ones that are 0-7? I don't know. I absolutely loved the fake punts. They were so good. It was um, just
0: such entertainment.
1: I know. And I, what I loved about it is they came out of the blocks and they were like, right, let's not give the Rams the ball. Let's, let's not give them the ball. We're not Can't lose the ball. game if they don't have the ball. Exactly. exactly. If you, don't put, if you don't put the ball in Matt Stafford's hands, they can't win the game, can they? So they came out of the blocks and they came out roaring. And I just love that mentality. Like, uh, we're not going to win this game. This is one of the best teams in the league. Let's mix it up. Let's do what we can. And I loved it. Absolutely loved that. Box office from Detroit. More of that, please.
0: Absolutely. Dave, slightly more somber question for you, I'm afraid. That's just because I usually give you the chaos ones. Is this a bit of a dampener on the Rams? Is you know, uh, are we still confident on it? Was this just coming up with a potential trap, considering as to how Campbell went for this game and they managed it?
2: I, I think, uh, given that the Rams lost to the Bengals last year in Week thirteen, who win had one win at the at that time, maybe. I think it was very much a trap game for them. Again, I think they've got form for this sort of thing. One side note, uh, just to go back to the Lions, their last game of the season is against the Packers. If they get their first win and deny Green Bay, like the the bye the or something, that would be magical. Anyway, the Rams. Uh, I think that when a team empties their entire bag of tricks onto you and you still come away with a win, you just brush it off and go, we didn't lose. We, we didn't lose to the Lions. Let's yeah. just move on. And I think they'll battle with Arizona for the division well into December. Um, I wouldn't be worried uh, unless I was the special teams coordinator because (laughs) uh, that's a hot seat right now.
1: (laughs) What I would just really quickly say about LA as well is that what Matt Stafford has the ability to do is elevate the players around him. Look how good Cooper Cup looks this year. He yeah, looks like one of yeah. the best receivers in the league because Cooper Matt Stafford Cup, he's is one so of the best good.
0: wide receivers in the league. Yeah. So
1: you know, so he's he's got the ability to elevate the people around him. And when he had the ball in his hand, I never thought that the Rams were ever going to lose that game.
0: Yep. Speaking of just glad not to lose, the Cleveland Browns beat the Denver Broncos 17 to 14 in uh, First Energy Stadium on Thursday night. This was a game I couldn't watch live. I was in Bucharest in Romania. It was a free 15 kickoff or something stupid. And somehow it finished before 6 a.m. in Bucharest. It was an incredibly fast paced game um i'm going to stay out of the questions for the uh for the sake of bias uh dave what's changed for denver
2: i will say that i did watch this game live because i was working a night shift and i feel like i didn't earn enough money watching that game good gravy (laughs) Gee, Injuries have killed Denver this year. Um, and it's not just, you know, oh, we've missed Jerry Judy a bit or something Sutton's come back from his ACL injury or KJ Hamler's out. Their linebackers have just been decimated. And what Broncos came into the year thinking, in my opinion, or what, how I saw them is, if we just get average play on offense from Teddy Bridgewater, lean on the run game and just let the defense do the work, Just let the defence do the work, rely on the really deep secondary, and that's fine. The problem is the secondary and the defence as a whole have underperformed massively. Von Miller got injured in this game. Thankfully, it wasn't too serious. Uh, The secondary, like I say, is just massively underperforming. They've got one of the best pass-catching core in the league, and they just refuse to throw the ball beyond the sticks. The fact that Drew Locke nearly came in the game for Teddy Bridgewater speaks volumes about the trouble they're in. I think Vic Fangio... Uh, you said, Steve, I can't remember who you said was uh, that the uh, hot seat or on the hottest seat, but I think Vic Brian, Fangio. Brian Flores. Brian Flores. Vic Fangio for me is right up there. And I think yep. that unless they see a market improvement, there's going to be serious changes in Denver before the season's out because it was horrific
1: to watch. It was so bad from Denver. A lot of parallels with Chicago, really, haven't they? A lot of coaching yeah, issues. Yeah
2: really uh, and weirdly enough the team that I thought the Broncos would be as I just described is I don't know this is Homer Baez here but is what I actually think the Saints have become It's where they've lent on their defense average quarterback play and lean on the running game and that's exactly what I expected of the Broncos and you know it looks pretty bad for them at the moment
0: speaking of leaning on your running back play I'd just like to uh, yeah. bring us back to Cleveland it now lovely segue indeed fantastic segue it's what that's what i'm paid a whole zero pounds to do here um steve can cleveland ride through the injury storm they get a bunch of people back next week baker obviously is still questionable can cleveland ride through the injury storm and keep their eyes on the bigger prizes ahead
1: Yeah, I think absolutely. Like that, this was an impressive win. Like you know, the Broncos are not a pushover team. I don't think they're still they're still a half decent team, Um, and to beat them without your starting quarterback, without either of your running backs, and with a bunch of other players missing, is is impressive. Um, And to to you know to get that win and then to and also you've got a you've had a a mini buy some people in the nfl like to call it because you played thursday night football yeah. and then um not playing again until the following sunday so you get that mini buy it was just a lot of time for a lot of players to rest um i'm concerned about the receiving options or BJ does not look right um Landry's just come off IR. He might take a couple of weeks to get right again, so I don't know. And you come back with a difficult game against the Steelers as well, division the old divisional matchup. So I think if they, if you know, thankfully the Steelers are not playing all that well this season, so maybe they can scrape through there without Baker. But then they go to the Bengals, and the Bengals are playing well. And so if you're if the if the Cleveland defense plays like it did against teams like the Chargers, teams like the Cardinals, then I think you lose to the Bengals. Um, but yeah.
0: It... Yeah. For because... me, the key, the key with that one is to, is to tackle down early. Something that we did well against the Bengals last year. If you, if you watch back the Ravens game against the Bengals, a lot of the passes to Jamar chase are within 10 yards. And then he makes yards after the catch. The Ravens couldn't tackle. It's hmm, been a, yeah. it's been a concern. Um, just one final point on that before the next one. Uh, Dearness Johnson, who I think uh, probably ends up with uh, with my player of the week. Uh, 22 rushes for 146 yards and a touchdown. No one knew who, who the hell he was really outside of uh, Cleveland fan circles until Thursday night. I think it was um, – I, I, I just think it was a perfect night for him. He got a nice shout-out from LeBron James, of which I think practically floored him in his press conference. It was just a beautiful moment. As a fan, you just love seeing those moments. Where you know your RB three is given the RB one treatment, it's lovely.
1: I, I think I saw the the letter was floating around social media that he wrote to colleges to try and get them yes. to, yeah. to sign him, yeah. and that's great when you see that because that's happened before, and it's it's great when that sort of you know this is where he was and look where he is now. Like what a great story.
2: My really uh, one last thing on this before we need to move on. Um, there's absolutely no way this should have only been a three point margin. No, cause, it, it uh, absolutely, definitely Because uh, yeah. when that got to 17-14, I was thinking to myself, don't you dare, Denver. Don't you dare win this game because you do not deserve it. Yeah, no, know?
0: I think it was one of those where Cleveland always seemed in control, even yeah. even with the score getting close. It, it seemed very... I mean, I watched the game in 40 pretty much straight after I was on a minivan at that point, uh, just to give you a little insight into my week. <laughs> um <laughs> you know and i'm i'm watching it and i'm there thinking oh god but realistically it was only in number you know you know oh god at the score but by the same by the same point we just looked so in control we should have scored i mean we left points on the board it was it was actually great fun definitely not what i expected speaking of not what i expected i had the san francisco 49ers to win this and uh i've been caught with my pants well and truly down down on the 49ers now Indianapolis winning their fifth straight game over the 49ers, believe it or not. Uh, 30 to 18 was the final in Sunday night football. Steve, what's Indianapolis ceiling at this point.
1: Um, They've started to, to to click again and Wentz is certainly having a, a pretty good season. I think he's got the best touchdown to interception ratio in the NFL at the moment. So, you know, they've got that going for them. Um, and I think he is producing again at a, a decent level. And, you know, I'm not saying he's back to his 2017 MVP form level, but he's certainly not his 2020, you know, down in the dumps levels. Um, and they've got the running game going. Jonathan Taylor is an absolute revelation this season. You know what player he's he's becoming. Um, and, you know, this, they're, they're a well-coached side. With uh, A lot of us were talking about Frank Reich be potentially being on the hot seat earlier in the season. And, you know, this is a statement win that they turn it around. But I think they'll struggle in, the, um, in that division. I think they'll struggle to, to win that with Tennessee in the division with them. Um, but I think they could easily make it to 10 wins, um, which is impressive considering they started so poorly. Yeah.
0: Dave? Is this the final nail in Jimmy G's coffin? Trey Lance's injuries, notwithstanding, of
2: course. I don't think it's the the final nail. It's a nail. It could be the penultimate one. But I don't think Trey Lance would have performed any better in these conditions weather-wise. And I don't want to excuse Garoppolo's performance entirely on the weather, but it, it was less than favourable for anyone. Um, but I do think Lance is starting in a month. He'll be yeah. the starter by Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, I agree. And Dave, we're going to stick with you, mate, because we're going to end with uh, with, with your favourite team, the New Orleans Saints. Scrape their way out <laughs> of Lumen Field, thirteen points to ten. Unless I've got that horribly wrong. No, thirteen That's points right. to ten. It was indeed that low scoring against the Seattle Seahawks. The main, oh god, the main stat showing on here is Alvin Kamara with twenty rushes for fifty-one yards, but ten eight yards and the touchdown. Yeah. Who are the New Orleans Saints at this point, Dave? The the Alvin Kamara
2: Saints. (laughs) Uh, uh, Again, this was just a West Coast thing. Sunday night football, San Francisco, the weather was awful. And then it just moved north. And the weather in Seattle was horrific. And I've got to say, Jameis Winston, the stat line doesn't show it. And he did double clutch a few times and it was very frustrating. If he had Michael Thomas on the field or anyone other than Traquan Smith, who was useless um, last night. If uh, There's a couple of passes that Winston threw that were on the money and Smith just stopped his route, and they would have been massive plays. I think that New Orleans let Seattle make it a lot closer than it needed to be. But the defence was amazing. Uh, Gino Smith threw that 84-yard bomb. Well, no, he threw basically... He threw about 11 yards. He threw 11 yards to DK Metcalf, who could have been called for OPI on Marshall and Latimore, but Latimore fell over, and then Metcalf housed it. 84 yards, the remainder of the game, 83 yards total passing. Um, So, uh, yeah, it was 83 yards total passing. The the Seahawks were poor. Um, The Saints tried to let them get back into it. Adam Troutman had a bad fumble, but from that fumble in our own territory... The Seahawks went three and out and then missed a field goal. The Seahawks killed themselves with penalties um, and rookie kicker making his first ever NFL appearance, Brian Johnson, uh, who sounds like a coach or an assistant coach rather than a kicker. Uh, Brian Johnson uh, hit two crucial field goals for the Saints, um, one to win the game in the fourth quarter. Good for him. Will Lutz is out for the year, so Brian Johnson is the guy going forward. Um, yeah, it's one of those games you just walk away and go, we didn't play that great. The defence was amazing it's another win and the saints look decent for a wild card at the moment they're the only four win team in the nfc everyone's either three or five or above or below so yeah, good for that point steve i've got a
0: slightly more thought-provoking one for you i think is this actually a positive sign for seattle you know i, I now i I don't mean that in terms of the losses, but the way that they're losing are close ones to teams that, you know, they've got their QB ones. They're not terrible teams. They are still looking at post seasons themselves and they are in and around it with a quarterback that is very obviously not Russell Wilson and their defense seems to be hanging on better. You know, are there positive signs for Seattle fans here?
1: I think it depends on how quickly Russ comes back. Because the concern you're going to have if you're a Seattle fan is that they won week one against the Colts and they won week four against the Niners and that's it. That's their only two wins. So you're going to, if you're a Seattle fan, you're struggling to find many positives in this season. Um, and especially a Seattle team that's been treated to so much positivity over the last sort of decade. You know, they've been one of the best teams in the NFC for a long time now. Um, and, and anytime Russell Wilson's in the centre, you can't really write them off, but a lot of it depends on whether or not he comes back soon. So the last game of him being out is against the Jaguars, uh, this week coming, you know, Jaguars, they probably should win that game with Gina Smith. If they don't, that's alarming. And then they've got a buy, which is going to be very, very good for them. And then they've more chance for, for us to, to rest. And then they come back at the Packers. That's a tough game, especially if it's Russ's first. Um, so their their schedule is not too difficult, you know. They've they're obviously in the NFC West, which is a difficult division in its sense in itself. But after the Packers, they've got the Cardinals, obviously really tough game. But then they've got Washington, Niners, Texans. They a, a Seattle team that's as good as it has been should win those three games. The Rams is a tough game. Then Bears, Lions, Cardinals. If they can beat the, the Bears and the Lions there, you know that's five wins. But that only gets them up to seven. They've Got it. They've got to find wins from one of these tough teams, um, and so I could very easily see Seattle uh, finishing with a with a um, sub five hundred record this season, just because they've already lost five games, and I can see there being another four losses on their roster, on their schedule. Easy.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I get where you're coming from there. I just think that you know defensively they look they've looked a lot stronger. They seem to have rallied around the fact that Russell Wilson's not there to bail them out. So when he does come back, it might be good. But obviously for this year, it might already be too late. Jamal right, has
2: got a QB pressure. Good for him.
0: Good for him. Yes. That's
2: how he did that. Yeah. Comm- commemorative ribbon for him. <laughs> yeah.
0: Commemorative ribbon for him, I'm sure. Yeah. Right, folks, we're going to glean past the game balls and the power rankings this week, just because we've gone a little bit over what we thought that we were going to do. But just to give you a highlight, our Cincinnati, uh, our Cincinnati writer, Sean, has decided to give the offensive players of the week to Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Uh, but but he then does redeem himself by putting Kevin Stefanski in as coach of the week. So I'm OK <laughs> with that. And he gives Kendrick Bourne player of the week, of which I personally think is such a such a dishonor to Dan Campbell and his fantastic um, special teams players. I think that they deserve a hell of a lot more uh, love uh, and gaff of the week being Mike Evans. Um, just for giving away that 600 TD ball. Um, costing Tom that, Brady literally
2: tens of thousands of dollars.
0: Indeed, in but Bitcoin. it could have been worse, folks. It could, been worse. it could have been worse. It could have been 18 holes of golf with some random
1: uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. random guy golf. that works in the hospital. <laughs> I mean, yeah, could, you imagine if,
1: could you imagine if Tom Brady's out there playing off scratch and he's going on with a golf for the team, like 130 on the cart. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> guy, what are you even doing? Why are we even here? <laughs> <laughs>
0: all I wanted was my ball back. <laughs> and uh just to give just to give you guys a quick glean of the power rankings as well my top 5 are now Arizona Tampa the Rams the Bills and the Packers. So the NFC I see a lot of power in the top 5 but then after that it wanes a lot. You know, you got yeah. Dallas in at six, and then I don't see another it NFC team until Orleans. the Saints at 15. Yeah. Um, you've pretty much got all of the AFC West and the AFC North then <laughs> taking up most of the left-hand side of the board. You'll be able to see both the Game Balls article and the Power Rankings graphic on the full Game 10... Balls article is live, and the Power Rankings graphic should be up either tonight or tomorrow lads this is the part well this will be the part of the show where if you are looking to if if you want to separate this into two and listen to this on your way home for example if you're listening to this in your car ride to work i would say pause right now we'll give you five seconds to pause it and if you've not done that then you must want to carry on of which all good welcome to the week eight preview pod we've decided just to make it a little bit snappier a little bit uh, a little bit more rapido because let's face it there's a couple of standouts and the rest it pretty much based more on your allegiance there's quite a few massive handicaps this week but we're going to get into a couple of the good ones to start off with gents you know we'll spend 10 15 minutes on that and then we'll do some quick fire how does that sound I'm hearing no objections, so let's get straight (laughs) into it. Uh, First of all, I think that the best game of the week is going to be on Thursday, of which I think is uh, just awful if you're the NFL schedulers. But, uh, you know, um, you can't predict everything back in March. Uh, The Green Bay Packers go to the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals are minus six for the game. Steve, how do you see this one going, pal?
1: I would have picked the Green Bay Packers to win this um, every single day of the week, even with the the Cardinals record until Devontae Adams was put on the COVID list. Yeah. Devontae Adams is so crucial to that team that if he's out, I, I don't... Yeah, you know, that... Rodgers has shown in the past saying. that, yes, he's a great quarterback and yes, he's... He's brilliant at what he does, but without Adams, some of the other guys that he has are just not reliable enough. Um, and I think Devontae Adams is such a game changer that him being out is a massive, massive loss. Now, there, he's already going to struggle against a really good defense. The um, the Cardinals are averaging only sixteen point three points allowed per game, um, so they're not allowing many points. And if if this becomes a shootout, I think Arizona win it because they've proven so far that they can win shootouts yeah. just by, you know, by extending, extending the, the, um, score themselves by, you know, constantly pulling off these incredible players that Kyle American keeps doing. Um, so I think with that news, I think that the Cardinals will probably, uh, probably when it's also in Arizona as well. Um, yeah. so they don't have to go to the, to the tundra that is green Bay. Um, um, but I think it's I think it's going to be a really good game. I agree. This is probably the game of the week on Thursday night. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Rogers can get any chemistry going with any of the other receivers. Um, but I would I would look to to the Arizona receivers to have a bit of a field there.
0: Yeah, just to just to show you his contribution so far this year, Devontae Adams, fifty-two receptions for seven hundred and forty-four yards and three touchdowns. That through only seven games so far this year, I think it is. That's you know that's insane. It's over a hundred yards a game. It just shows just how important Devontae Adams is to this offense. Dave,
2: do you agree? What do you see? Well, some breaking news. Alan Lazard's also just been put on the uh, COVID list.
0: Oh, God, just kill so the game. That, that's the oh number two dear. receiver.
2: So you're looking at basically a, nearly a thousand yards of reception reception yards. Put Deshaun Kaiser oh. in. So it's going to be Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers, Marcus Amari Rogers.
1: Rogers to Rogers season. Rogers to Rogers, happening. Uh, and isn't yeah. Valdez Scantling just coming back off IR as well? He's exactly. Uh, I mean, this isn't looking great
2: for Green Bay, which is such a shame because uh, despite being the uh, designated agent of chaos, this is the one game on the schedule where you thought, let's just have two really good teams, you know, go at it. And now, I mean, if Green Bay come out of this with a win, then I mean, chapeau Aaron Rodgers, because, I mean, you've got Aaron Jones, Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, AJ Dillon, and then it's really getting iffy, and that's already iffy. But yeah, I I, I liked Arizona for this game anyway. Um, I I was going to pick them ahead of Green Bay, but especially now because um, you can't rely on the Green Bay defense because they've picked up some really bad injuries on there so well. Jair Alexander's on IR at the moment. Yeah. It now all of a sudden this could turn into a typical Thursday night football blowout. And I really don't want that to happen because it's the one game of the week where we thought this would be really good. Yeah.
0: But, yeah. I was going to there's a reason why I put this first in this podcast. Exactly, because yeah. It, it, it was by far the headliner where you thought that Arizona could be dethroned, but all of a sudden, you know, it looks like injuries is going to determine it once again for Arizona. We see a game where you've got two teams that should be toe-to-toe and you know injuries seem to ruin it of which i think will be a conversation for a much quieter pod as well as to how injuries seem to have ruined the nfl season so far i think we can all agree there's been far too many this year already
1: mm-hmm. um, it's a shame when it when it kills a game like it's a probably going to as well but i would just quickly say if green Bay are gonna win this game aaron jones has got to have a game he's really yes got to show
0: up. he really and, has it's got to be aaron yeah. jones show
1: yeah, and the Cardinals, are, you know, their run defense isn't bad by any stretch, but they're allowing 115 yards a game. So if 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 Aaron Jones can have a game, because he's also good out of the out of the backfield as a as a pass catcher as well, yeah. so if they can if they can utilize him as a as a, a multi tool weapon, um, there's definitely routes for Green Bay to win this. It's not, it's, I don't think it's sun and dusted, but it's going to be tough without those two receivers. Oh God, yeah. it's going to be awful without them. It really um, is. Yeah,
2: not good.
0: Right, lads. Peaking against the spread, Arizona are favored by six. Are you going Arizona or Green Bay on the spread?
2: Arizona.
1: Uh, no, I, th- I think I think um, Green Bay will cover that. Um, I, don- I think Arizona will win, but not by that much. Um, Green Bay don't really get blown out all that much, so I think it'll still be a tight game. But I think Arizona will still win on the.
2: They did uh, in week one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm going
2: the same
0: way as Dave. I think this will end up being a similar result to uh, the Browns game just because they're going to end up being one-dimensional. That's what happened with Cleveland. They went one-dimensional or tried not to be one-dimensional, actually, and ended up just getting killed even worse by that defense. That defense is good when you have a weakness. So I'm going to also um, have Arizona um, minus six points. The other... Big game on the now, did This one didn't seem like it was going to be a big game, but Indianapolis have come back in recent weeks with some great performances. I've found uh, Indianapolis. Indianapolis are only behind by one, according to Vegas and the Desert. Um, th- this could well be who uh, who wins this division right here, really. Because if Indianapolis get it, you've got to feel like they uh, that, that they'll have the momentum. And they'll class Tennessee as just a a seesaw side that seems to play to their audience. And, you know, Indianapolis are no, um, you know, they're no pushover against the big teams as well. So, um, Dave, what do you see coming out of this one?
2: Well, it is a massive game for both teams because if Tennessee do win this game, then the division is theirs. Um. As far as I could like say, because they'd hold the tiebreaker over the Colts. They already beat them back in Week Three, I think it was. So they'd be six and two compared to the Colts' three and five. So then you're asking Indianapolis to make up those games. The Titans have to play Houston twice, the Jags once, and the Dolphins. That would put them, including the Colts, win at ten wins. Colts still have to play the Bills, the Bucks, the Cardinals. I think they lose those yeah. games. It, it just that. Uh, if they this is a must-win for Indianapolis, it doesn't so much matter for Tennessee. If Indianapolis loses this, then the division's done, as far as I'm concerned. Um, And I do think that Tennessee will take this game. I just like the Titans at the moment. I think that whilst we said earlier they played up to their opposition but also played down to them, I think that in a big game, divisional game like this, I just back them. And we feel I feel like we're on the verge of Carson Wentz injury or meltdown. We're only ever a couple of weeks away from it. And I feel that I'd, I'd, something in my bones is just saying that it could happen this weekend. But yeah, I, I like the Titans in this one. Um, Derek Henry in a divisional game. Yeah, There's money there, isn't it? <laughs> he's, he's just great. I, th-
1: I think you're spot on. Like, if, if, if uh, Tennessee wins this game, I think this division is done and dusted. Um, Indianapolis' schedule is strangely quite difficult for a team that finished second in its division yeah. um, some of the teams they're having to play are really tough and if you look at their four losses so far they've lost to the Seahawks the Rams the Titans and the Ravens so they're probably four teams that you sort of semi expect them to lose to um and you know if they lose to the Titans that's two losses to the Titans already you know that's mm-hmm. probably putting the division to bed um they do have games against the the Jets the Jags, Texans. Uh, and the Jags again, but then they've also got to play still uh, the Bills, the Bucks, Patriots, tough game, Cardinals, and the Raiders. You know, they've got a really tough schedule coming in. So um, I think the, the Colts are going to be much of a much again. I think they're going to finish similar to what they did last season and not really improve too much. And I don't know. I think it's just their defense hasn't really clicked so far. Um, but Jonathan Taylor I, I would... needs to have another big
2: game. Jonathan Taylor yes. needs to go off.
1: Yeah, yeah, but then also hmm. on the flip side, we never know which Ryan Tannehill's going to show up. You know, not if true. it's if it's the ghost of Miami Ryan Tannehill, then you then the Carson Wentz and Indy have definitely got a shot. But if it's the Ryan Tannehill that that absolutely destroyed the Chiefs last week, then I think the the Tennessee Titans blew it away.
0: Something which I'll say as well to tack onto that: sometimes you don't know which Derrick Henry you're going to get. There are there are some hmm. games where Derrick Henry just gets completely uh, wound up, and to be honest with you, the Colts run defense—it's not. Terrible. I think they showed against Baltimore that they can definitely take out a uh, run threat so I wouldn't put it past them to be able to you know to do a job against Eric Henry I actually think that Tennessee are going to have to go to the air a bit more simply because of that because the Colts are more vulnerable in the air. So, you know, it 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 does come down to Ryan Tannehill a fair bit more, I think, in this game, and that's gonna make it even more interesting, I think. So with all that considered, lads, Indianapolis are plus one on the spread. Who are you picking? Titans minus one or Colts?
2: Titans, easy. Titans, yeah. Titans.
0: I'm gonna go with the Colts. I just see some. I just see some and I'll tell you what.
1: Chaos. Titans, <laughs>
0: and, and I'll tell you something. It's because I can't see the Titans just, you know, from such. They're such an up and down team so far, and there's a reason for it. There's there's no smoke without fire. I don't see them as a consistent powerhouse. I don't think that everything all of a sudden has clicked. There's got to be some there. there. Um, also, I'm I'm kind of just happy for Colts fans considering how awful their preseason than that was and the start of their year because let's face it we you know how many times did we say at the start of the season it's going to be a rough year for Colts fans and I have to admit if the Colts can do this I'd be so stoked for them because it's it's the opposite of what the Browns are going through right now where everything all of a sudden is coming at roses and yeah no it's it's one of those I think I have a small soft spot for the Colts no idea why um i digress right folks we're going to um move into more of a quick fire sort of situation now couple of minutes on each game each one has a particular game and we're just going to run through the rest like that dave carolina panthers at the atlanta falcons the falcons are favored by three give us your thoughts and your spread
2: i think the falcons will uh cover um i yeah, I just think that they are a better team at the moment. Uh, the two quick hitters of or three here, two points on Carolina. This is the last chance salute for Darnold. Um, if he doesn't do it here, I think that it's, it's really the game is up for him uh, and the game may already be up for him. Um, and the Falcons' defense has been better than I think a lot of people expected as well. Uh, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson need to have big games as well because whoever loses this game is probably done for the year. Um, and my final point, core Daryl Patterson is still the most fun player in the league. Uh, yeah, he's definitely he in MF- as many fantasy
0: M- leagues as I'll have him on. He's brilliant. M- MFP
2: of the season. Um, and what added to that is the video I saw of him at the London game playing catch with the fans pre-game. I thought that was amazing. Um, yeah. So good for him, good for Atlanta, but not too good for Atlanta. Win this game and then stop it, just cut it out because i won't get that wildcat spot Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, steve miami
0: dolphins traveled to the buffalo bills the buffalo bills are only favored by 13 and a half
1: this could be a drubbing couldn't it this could be another... <laughs> it's gonna be a drubbing. this could be another 40 to nothing drubbing um I don't know where Miami go from here. I think there's changes looming. Um, we might get an answer this week to the whole Deshaun Watson saga. And even if he doesn't end up going to Miami, to be honest, it probably just put it to bed and it probably just gets it off their back. And there's probably players in the locker room that are thinking, well, what's happening? Like, is he yeah, coming? Yeah. Is he not? You know, the coaching staff, what's happening? So, well, they're saying I think
0: that, that about Darnold in Carolina as well. Apparently he's not the exactly. same guy at the moment.
1: Exactly. So I think this whole saga just needs to be put to bed and and then maybe they can start playing some football again. But um, this Miami Dolphins season is, is I'd say, probably one or two more losses away from, you know, blow it all up and start again next year. Yeah. Um, and I think there are starting to be some serious questions asked about Brian Flores. And was last season just a bit of a flash in the pan? And is he actually not quite as good of a coach as we all thought he was? Um you know, I will give them some dues. They've had some issues at quarterback with Tua being um, on IR and then not on IR. And, and, and I know we had Calamon last week and he said that is not the problem, but he's also not the answer. So, you know, but I think the alarming thing with Miami is not their offense, it's their defense and how bad it's been compared to how good it was last year. Um, so, yeah, there's, I think there's changes looming in Miami. Buffalo, however... Um, Kept their feet to the ground with a couple of losses this season, so they're not going to go sort of seventeen and all. But I think that's good for Buffalo. It means that they know they're not invincible. Um, Josh Allen has had a couple of sort of you know games to sort of check himself and think, you know, I'm not the I'm not the guy that's going to run away with the league. So, um, but this Buffalo team is still exceptionally good. I still think they're um, the best in the AFC at the moment, um, and I think this will this will easily um, uh, lead them to five and two by the end of this week do they cover easy easy yeah that's what that's double, what I want
0: double do. it double,
1: double it, it. <laughs> flag in the sand <laughs>
0: <laughs> my goodness there you are going off for your minus 27 uh, so that's quite that's quite a one i i want to see a betting slip with that minus 27 uh stick would a five on Dave? that
1: would you minus take 27 that? yeah yeah thank you exactly
0: okay I I tell you what gents gentlemen's agreement here each put on a fiver for minus 27 if we can get it on request a bit or something like that there's got to be a way I'm just looking
2: the the highest handicap is 24 that'll do that'll do three to one that's rubbish odds <laughs> not even so, worth it so see if the bookies <laughs> agree <laughs> Oh Jesus
0: right rolling swiftly on uh the Cleveland Browns host the Pittsburgh Steelers on Halloween and this could be a scary game folks, but not for the right reasons um <laughs> I think that there are huge holes in both teams one because of injuries, one because of a quarterback that can't really throw anymore. And a offensive line that can't give his running backs that give their running back the uh, time of day. I think you know which side is which on that one. Um, Cleveland are favored by three and a half, and I think that's fair simply because if you were to scribble out Pittsburgh Steelers and write in Denver Broncos, I think you've pretty much got the exact same team. Um, I think it might go very similar. Cleveland have got some players coming back in this week of which I think is really gonna help make it not like last week. But even if I, I'm actually in the camp of playcase Keenan on Sunday. I get it's a divisional game, I get it's one of your biggest games of the year. I know that Baker doesn't want to sit out at all for any reason whatsoever and give his doubters any any morsel of food let alone any moral high ground um but i think if you run it down pittsburgh's throat it's gonna work um might be considered homer but the stats kind of prove it really and if you have a game much like the broncos one it will work out um pittsburgh need to work a bit on their defense uh need to work even more on their offense I think that Cleveland's defense, even with as banged up as it is, God, I wish that JOK was playing because uh, he would have eaten Big Ben for lunch and dinner. But um, you know, I think that, that I think that Cleveland's got enough to be able to see it off. I don't consider Pittsburgh one of the runners in the AFC North, but I can never rule them out in Cleveland. I can never rule out the Pittsburgh Steelers at all. But I am going to say that Cleveland covers. By half a point, I say that I say that the spread's probably pretty accurate. I'm going to say that Cleveland wins by four, and that is the only bit of homer talk you'll hear from me for the rest of the pod. Dave, the Cincinnati Bengals are favored by nine and a half when they play the New York Jets.
1: Double it. Uh,
2: who would have thought that Cincy would be approaching this game? They start this evening going into this game thinking, "Oh, this is a trap game for Cincinnati." Yeah. Yeah, it's just bizarre, but that's the way the season's gone. Uh, What a time to play them. They've got Joe Flacco uh, coming in to save the day. Uh, For those listening, I just rolled my eyes very heavily there. Uh, The Jets have scored only 80 points this year. 80. Point differential of minus 95, which is certainly worse than Houston's because Houston's played a game more than them. Uh, I, I, I don't care about the Jets um they're at a relevance um, they'll obviously be a top three pick this year. Uh, but for Cincinnati it's a good opportunity to get receivers not named Jamar Chase involved in the game. um let's see Tyler Boyd, let's see T Higgins don't put it, uh, CJ's CJ Uzama go off again. Let, let's just you know play play catch. Because I think this is yeah. gonna be an absolute brutalizing of the Jets and shall, and shall I tell
0: you are... something of which I didn't expect. Yes, I I've, I've just done a bit of quick fire research considering it is going to be Joe Flacco and I thought he was a good quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. Hmm. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna come out with a yeah, but Joe Flacco's got like a eighteen and one record against the Bengals or something stupid. Oh, yeah. oh no. Nine and eleven against the <sighs> Bengals. Wow. Absolutely shocking. Turns out that uh, he's got, um, oh, what is it, 211.9 yards a game against them oh, with God. 21 touchdowns and 25 interceptions. Oh, Jesus. Turns out that the Bengals were quite probably his worst team to play against. So, uh, yeah. That one's kind of shocked me. Um, oh, I don't think I'll so... come
2: across a more shocking stat for the whole season. And just... that was Joe Flacco when he was good. Sorry, Steve, go on.
1: I was just going to say, I just don't really understand why they brought him back. Like, why? What's like, the point? What is yeah, the point? Your, your season's gone a downward trend anyway. Zach Wilson's going to be back in like four weeks. Just play your quarterback number two. He looked He looked half decent. They scored points you with know? him yeah I just don't and they gave up draft capital They that, gave that's him a six, exactly what I was going to say a six which becomes a conditional fifth if he plays more than 50% of the snaps over the next four weeks why
0: <laughs> because New York needs a product doesn't have to be a good product it needs to be a marketable product
1: Joe and Flacco's not marketable
0: he's marketable <laughs> enough he's got a ring in him
1: I will, I'll tell you what, I will say that now means that who's the backup quarterback? I'm going to segue this into the next game. Who's the backup quarterback in Philadelphia now? It's mince time, baby. Oh, <laughs> oh sweet goodness. Jesus. Right, right. Yeah, let's seg into let's, it then. The yeah.
0: Philadelphia Eagles are at the Detroit Lions. And the Detroit Lions, Steve, are only plus three on the old handicap so uh vegas are um i'm thinking they're a bit frisky against you
1: the lions run game scares me a bit they the um swift had a great game against Mm -hmm. uh against la um and i if 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 detroit gonna snap this losing streak it's gonna be this week it's gonna be (laughs) like it's just got it written all over it and it would just be such a philadelphia thing to do i I you know, things aside I think the Eagles will win it I think they will win the game I think they've shown enough in spurts this season that they are good enough to win games like this um you know they've picked up wins against the Falcons um so far um uh, so you know another team that's you know, certainly better than the Lions this season so I think that the Eagles will win it um and you know there's t- the players like um DeVonta Smith starting to show that he's you know worthy of a first round pick um but it would not surprise me if the Lions win. It really wouldn't. I think I'd still pick the Eagles even on the spread. Um, uh, but... But you don't trust them, you do you? Can nev-
2: you can no, never exactly. count the
0: Lions out. You, you, can't. You, do, you,
1: don't, you don't count the Lions out. And you, uh, exactly the point, Dave. I just don't trust yeah. them. I wouldn't go... Not like a few years ago where I'd go into the game and be like, yep, Eagles are going to win this. Easy. Easy yeah. street. Yeah. No, Not anymore. Not anymore. And it just would not surprise me if, if they don't win. Uh, it also would not surprise me. I'll say it now. What are we in week seven? I'll say it now. It would not surprise me if we see Minshew before the end of the season.
0: Oof. Right. You know what? Not touching that. Let's uh, move swiftly on to a team that we can trust, the Los Angeles Rams, to thrash the Houston Texans by more than 14 points, of, which is what Vegas currently has the handicap going to say at. 40. Uh, I, I'm not going to go that hard. I'm not. I'm double not going to say. It. I'm not saying double it because let's face it, the Rams did have a scare. But what a great game for the Rams to have after having a slight scare. It was a trap game. This is the nice ease back into it with a you know a comfortable win. They have to go on the road. Granted, but the Texans don't know who they are now. And I think that the Watson stuff is going to hang over the organization, not so much the team, but definitely the organization. I think that's going to have a little bit of a hangover effect. And do you trust Houston to even score a touchdown with Mills at the moment? Because I don't. Um, Dave. Sorry, did I I cut out? You were. Were
2: you asking me to talk about San Francisco and Chicago by any chance? I
0: was, yes. If you could please give us your your thoughts on
2: San Francisco,
0: Chicago. Um, San Francisco
2: favored by three. Um, I mean, the spread uh, is a mystery to me. I'll take Chicago uh, on the spread because they're the home team. Uh, But it's, it's two teams going nowhere fast. Uh, this is last chance to leave for Garoppolo, much like it was for Darnold. Um, the only thing I want to see here is Justin Fields have a better day. yeah, Because it, it was horrible against Tampa for him. I just want to see him have a good game. Uh, and no Matt Nagy, potentially, for the Bears, which could be an advantage.
0: Fair. Steve, the Los Angeles Chargers are at home to the New England Patriots. Chargers favoured by five and a half.
1: I don't think this is actually as 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 friendly a game as I think people probably thought it would be. I think the the Chargers are going to be fresh off their bye week, which is obviously is better for any team. Um, but the the. Patriots are fresh off the back of putting 54 points up against the Jets, which is an incredible amount of points. Anytime, anytime a team gets up 50 points, it's insane. Um, and, and I think this Patriots team is starting to gel a bit. Um, you know, I'm not getting too high on them just yet, but I think they are starting to gel a little bit and I think they will win more games. I think the Chargers will have enough to beat them and I think this will be a Chargers win. Um, but I think, I don't think the Patriots are a, a pushover by any stretch. And I think yeah. no, this defense is Beginning to sort of show some things as well, and um, uh, and some of the pickups they had in in the offseason are starting to to pay dividends.
0: No, I agree with that. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars go to Lumen Field to play the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks favored by three and a half, which I think is more than fair. I'd actually lean towards Seattle. Because I've not given up on a Geno Smith-led Seahawks. I don't think they're the worst team around at the moment, even with them playing their QB2. Um, plus, it's the Jags. I know the Jags beat the Dolphins. Uh, I know they're fresh off a bye, and they're probably feeling themselves. But this is probably the one where the Seahawks have enough, around, you know, apart from their quarterback, to get the job done. The Jags didn't look great in that win. It's just the fact that the Dolphins looked worse. Um, Also, do we really think that Jags are going to win more than a couple of games this season at most? I don't see the Seahawks being the ones providing with that. This will be a feel-good win for the Seahawks, I think. Just something to be able to get the monkey off their back. that Geno Smith is the one leading them at the moment, and it will be a big win in a minor spot for them. Dave... Your uh, your beloved Saints host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. O- only uh, favoured four and a half, the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. I don't know if that's uh, a bit of
2: malpractice from our friends at DraftKings there. But, that's the, uh, um, the highest handicap that the Saints have had at home to Tampa ever. Uh, oh, wow. Which okay. is um, not surprising given the current situation. I think that... Um, it could be anything with the Saints this week. Um, I I don't want to sound too biased. I, I think they've got a chance. They're at home. I think that revenge is on the mind for January mm. um, in a big spot. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm still waiting to see Jameis properly air it out. He tried it a couple of times. The, the, the training wheels have been let off ever so slightly. Last night, they couldn't be let off properly because it was terrible weather and I thought you were just going to say terrible uh, well terrible in general it, it, it was pretty brutal but I, I'm i going to take the Saints to cover because I, c- I can't pick against them at home in the Superdome um, I, just, I know they had that meltdown against the Giants but uh, the Saints defence is legit Like they're, they're really really good
1: quick Tom Brady related question as we're on him Uh, I saw a question on one of the NFL shows this week. One line answer from you both. He's Mm -hmm. just reached 600 touchdowns. Does he reach 700 touchdowns? No.
0: No, I think he just misses out. I think he gets to like 670 and he just won't be able to carry on. He'll get close.
1: (laughs) And his arm just falls off. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) it, it'll be one of those where I think that over the next season and a half, he'll get really close. But then I yeah. think that the books will fall off. Yeah. And with that, his love for it will go as well. I don't think anyone's going to want to gamble on his age, even though he is Yoda, in which he is just ageless. <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, I think I think it will just be a step too far by about 30, 40. That was a one-line answer, right? Yeah. yeah. It's the same one-line as I've got from everybody else. A uh, one-liner from you, Steve. Washington, go to Denver. Denver favored by three.
1: Oof, where do we start with this one? Can we just not start at all? There's more problems well, off there's the field. The one liner. Yeah, there's more problems off the field for Washington at the moment than there are on the field. Um, there's obviously a lot of things coming out this week with the investigation that's going on, so we'll see what comes out of that. Um, this Washington team is definitely not what everyone thought it was gonna be. Uh this defense is definitely not what everyone thought it was gonna be. Um, and I actually think Denver might be able to take this. this might, this might be a, a win to get Denver back on the bandwagon. Who knows? Um I think it'll be a real tight one but I would I'd probably take Denver.
0: Yeah. So uh one of which I considered having a having a round table discussion on Dallas travel to the Vikings. Vikings are um looking to cover a 2.5 spread and maybe more. Uh but I think that the Cowboys will be too much. I think that the Cowboys are actually one of the uh one of the sneaky great teams of the NFL so far. Uh, for some reason, they just don't seem sexy in the same way as the Bucks, the Rams, the Cardinals, the Bills. But I think they're right up there. And the Vikings, I think, are just sorting themselves out. They're, they are in and around the bubble, but not to the same level as the Cowboys. I think that they'll cover that two and a half uh, and go a bit further, the Cowboys. So, um, yeah, I, I think they'll win by a touchdown. But it won't look pretty. It won't look pretty, but it'll be effective. Dave, last one of the day. The... The ever tumultuous Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> host the ever tumultuous New York Giants. Uh, Chiefs by 10 is the handicap.
2: I forgot to say, James Winston revenge game. What was I thinking? Anyway, <laughs> Giants-Chiefs. The um, Chiefs have to show us something here. Show us he's still a top-class team because the Giants will smell blood and they're doing just enough to keep themselves interesting by Making Daniel Jones the next David Tyree. Um, next thing I want to see from the Giants is Daniel Jones catch a touchdown or have a hundred yards receiving. That'll be fun. Um, other than that, I'm not interested in that. But I'd like to see them just go full lines and just go empty the bag of tricks uh, because got nothing to lose. Uh, let's see Evan Engram do something other than antagonize the New York Giants fans. If the Chiefs don't cover this, or it's relatively close the worries aren't going to go away. Unless it ends up as a, I I don't know, a a 10-7 game, some weirdness like that, where their defence balls out and you go, oh, okay, they can do it on that side of the ball. But conversely, that won't stop the issues or the voices around the offence, you know, thinking, oh, the offence isn't doing a lot. I don't think any problems are solved for Kansas this this week unless they win 50-0. Um, obviously they're not going to do that I'm, I'm going to take the Giants to cover Because Good answer I, 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 I'm going uh, like, to uh, end the show as an agent of chaos you know, That's my agent of chaos roots yeah. And yeah. say that the Giants It's a trap game for the Chiefs Yeah and Liam I'm so sorry
0: Liam, I know you're listening, mate, and I'm really, really sorry I, because <laughs> well, I know you I don't didn't, want it to happen. No, but you see, but... the thing is, is that I get killed on his podcast for, you know, all <laughs> for, for all the questions I read about the Chiefs. So I've got that to come. And it's partly your fault, Dave.
2: Oh, I, I, I'm uh, your suit of armor. Uh, yeah yeah. you're gonna need to come down to Birmingham
0: mate and actually be (laughs) it at this rate because he's gonna be knocking down my door at this rate (laughs) and on that incredibly scary note chaps we have come to an end (laughs) if you've listened all the way through in one take then it must be a really long commute for you and we thank you for that if you've listened to it in two chunks then thank you for your persistence we've had a lot of fun talking through the games We hope that it is a much closer and more exciting week of football ahead, even if the NFL schedulers are pulling their hair out uh dave thanks very much for plugging in today mate much appreciated i imagine that we might need you next week um we do promise mrs dave that you'll be back in time for bake-off next time (laughs) um it's just been a pretty weird week me starting a new job um i'm surprised that i was able to get a schedule out at all so thank you very much for that steve as ever you are a rock you are our rock and we appreciate you massively
1: I would just jump in quickly and just say that the trade deadline is this week, or at least it'll be next Tuesday before we record. So some names to watch out for. Maybe Alan Robinson, I think, could be on the move. Xavier Howard, Brandon Cooks. Um, I think Carl Fuller could move. Uh, I think Marlon Mack could move. Um, mm. so there's definitely some names to watch out uh, Nick Falls, I think could probably move somewhere as well, someone will pick him up
0: We do um, not so have yeah. time to record all these pods we're going to need so, another yeah. one just to cover the damn trade deadline at this rate right? and we just <laughs> do not have the
2: lifespan to do it Chad. One, uh, one final thought from me, the week 9 schedule looks just as bad <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know <laughs> shut this up there's no need for previews Sorry. trade
1: deadline pod incoming yeah. yes yes
0: if it does end up being quite that bad then we will move to de- trade deadlines and hot seats <laughs> and power rankings and we will just do that and say football happened this week yeah that no, is pretty much the way it's going to go but no thank you very much for listening guys thanks very much for being on i appreciate you massively and everyone have a good week of football
1: Thanks for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to find us on all our social channels Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok and YouTube. Head over to our website,
2: full10yards.com, where you can find out more information about why we are. Hashtag for the game.